at some point, you got to decide for yourself who you're going to be. You can't let nobody make the decision for you. This week, Moonlight. What you looking at me like that for? What, man? Come on, you just drove down here? Yeah. Who is you, Sharon? Come on, Sancho, I'm not to remember. point you gotta decide for yourself who you gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. You won't tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time. What's wrong? I'm good. No. I didn't seem good. And you ain't it. Remember the last time I saw you? Listen. To who, Ma? Huh? To you? Who is you, man? I ain't seen you in like a decade. It's not what I expected. What did you expect? Welcome back to another episode of We Watch This. My name is Cole Jackson, and I am back with some guests this week. Uh, this week, of course, as always, we have the co-host, Rain Coleman. How you doing, Rain? What's up, man? What's up? Just chilling. Just chilling. That's it? I got you. Yeah. And our guest this week is Red from Conversation Coroners. Red, how you doing? What it do? I'm good. That nigga said, "What it do? What it do?" <laughs> Shut up! I ain't got time for you today. I was gonna say, "We want me to say, what do the children say now? What are, What do the kids say?" Girl, no cap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old too, man. All of us old as shit. Girl, I'm, look, I'm done with all of y'all. This week we are going to. Well, first of all, it is the season of Black Love. We are looking at uh, Black Love movies we're looking at movies that focus on black love and uh this week we're gonna focus on moonlight uh moonlight came out november 18 2016 i'm gonna give you guys a, synop- a synopsis that i i seen online it says a young african-american male grapples with his identity and sexuality while experiencing the everyday struggles of childhood adolescence and the big be- be- of adulthood 
Mm. Interesting. Um, the everyday struggles of adolescence. <laughs> okay. That's a very specific type of struggle. Very, so, very much so. Struggles, <laughs> um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say. Let me. I'm gonna actually start with Red. I don't really have no snappy thing. Um, what are your thoughts on the movie? I have so many. <laughs> um, this movie. So I think I don't know if I mentioned last season or not. My day job. Um, whether or not from the bullshit that you may hear occasionally when I'm out here, uh, my regular job is that of a mental health, I'm a licensed mental health therapist. And so sometimes it's hard for me to take that cap off. So like when I watched this movie, it was very much so with that cap on. Mm -hmm. And so there were parts of it that I had some issues with. Um, overall, um, I mean, Moonlight is not a movie that I, like, go watch when I, like, get off work, okay? It's not that movie. (laughs) But um, the fact that it is a movie that showed, like, an aspect or a perspective of Black queer life, um, that that is not a lot. You ain't gonna find a whole lot of examples of that. So for that, I give it its its accolades, because that's, you know, that's dope. Mm -hmm. Um. And as we talk about the movie, I'll get more into like some of the issues that I have just from a mental health standpoint and just the day. Like I, you know, I've said before, black is not a monolith and we should not all have to be representative um, of black every time we go out because black is many things. However, we know that other people view things and kind of see it as like, okay, this is what it's like mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. And I don't really like that. If that if this was what they feel like it's like for all black queers, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. Right. What's your initial thoughts about this movie? Yeah, nigga, I love this shit. <laughs> this brought back some childhood trauma. This was this was a lot of that. I I seen this shit. It's not a perfect movie. Um, I think it makes up for it. In a lot of ways, because I'm sure, Bria, we're going to have some of the same concerns. But I think as a package and as a um, overall beginning, middle and end story, I think that it's pretty good, especially focusing on black queer people. Um, I agree. We are not a monolith. Every every situation is different. However, some may be a bit similar. But this. I guess I feel like because there is we're lacking these stories that I'm just happy this exists. Yeah. Um, because some 12 year old is going to watch moonlight and when they're 30 working in film, they're taking the essence of moonlight or that experience from moonlight in their own lived in experience and make it something even better. So I don't think it's perfect, but I do. This is, I, this is, I like this movie. Hmm. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, I talked to Ray earlier before the um before mm. we before we recorded, and and we kind of we kind of we kind of we kind of um she kind of we she was like, "What do you think?" Because I, I had never really seen it before until we had to review the movie, and I told her on the phone. I said, "This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's beautifully shot. It the story is very compelling." I wish I had watched it earlier. Man, Why didn't you go? 
Hmm? Because I wasn't adult enough to be able to to uh, wrestle with what it was talking about. I'm 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 keeping it a book today. So um, did you know? So did you know what it was about? Because let me tell you something. I did not know what the movie was about. I what? watched it. I did it. Listen, I watched it when it first came out, and okay. when everybody was talking about it. But mm-hmm. like, people weren't being very specific. Mm. Apparently, not people that I was watching or reading reviews of. Yeah, I didn't know that it was supposed to be about Black queer life. No clue. No. Yeah. So, like, I was very shocked. For me, I was more apprehensive because I didn't know where we were going with this. I didn't know what kind of ride that was going to take us on. And I wasn't, and I'm going to be honest, I just wasn't, I don't think I was mentally prepared at the time when it came out for me to be able to mm-hmm. go through that type of movie. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. But when I watched this and I watched, first of all, for me, when you say, when you say Moonlight, the first thing I think about is um, the Oscars, mm-hmm. how they tried to play this movie because they tried to play this movie. Mm-hmm. They tried to give the best, if for, for, for people who don't know, the best Oscar, this got best, best, best picture, uh, got an Oscar for best picture. And there was a controversy because the presenters actually was trying to give it to La La Land. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen the video or ever seen the clip. Uh, I remember watching that clip and I was like, yo, why are they trying to play the black movie and all this other stuff? But um, after watching the movie and going back and watching that clip, I'm like, mm-hmm. y'all lit. And I know this is going to sound crazy. Sorry. I felt like y'all literally sat up there and lied on purpose to keep this movie from winning the Oscar. We stay stuck in La La Land even when we uh-huh. don't lose. Uh-huh. A word. Um, <laughs> I was very, I was very, I was very upset after watching the movie and then watching that clip again because I was doing my research and all that. And there's a lot of other things that actually that's, that that I'm gonna talk about while we're talking about this movie. This probably might go a little long, but they literally got up there and and lied because a certain generation from Hollywood, the dude literally flipped the paper over and it literally said Moonlight. Best picture, mm. and for I don't know how you get La La Land from. Don't even have the same combination of letters, right? They got some bullshit ass excuse. I don't remember what the reasoning was for how the mix up happened. Something about maybe there's the never helicopter said something else. The Oscars never have a mix up. That is probably one of mm. the most well planned and tight sh- tightest shows mm. in 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 anything on TV. Yeah, and. When a lot of people say Moonlight, that is something that's one of the first things that pop up. Not not the story, not not what it's about, not not winning the Oscar, not any of that stuff, not the acting. It's the controversy of them when they at that Oscar show. Mm-hmm. Um and it pissed me off really, really bad, especially after watching the movie. That movie's good, man. I don't give a fuck about. That's it's just the story. So to me, the story is very good. Um, we'll get into that, but I thought this movie was just just a very well told story, man. Um, this was the first LGBT uh, film and the first film featuring an all black cast to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. Wow, That's... I'm not surprised. It's not surprised. Yeah. Oscar so white is a, a hashtag for a reason. For a reason, yeah. <laughs> so and that was that's old. That's like what at least seven years old at least. Mm-hmm. Oscar so white, so yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I didn't want to be like, hey, like I, I didn't want to. I wanted to just get y'all's initial thoughts because, um, I knew we were gonna have probably three different types of, I guess, point of views on this movie, if that makes sense. Um, coming from a therapist point of view, from coming from a black queer point of view, and coming from just a a regular old dumb nigga point of view. Okay, cis head man who's learning. That's <laughs> not. Let's, let's not. Um, but I, I felt so bad because I was like, yo, like I should have watched this is yes. the, the story's great. Um, if you don't know, when they talk about the childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, that they, they it's three segments in this movie. It's little, it's Sharon, and it's black. And we're following this young man um from childhood all the way to, to adulthood. Um Rain, was there a particular part in the movie that you felt the most? Like all between the three, I'm not even gonna hold you up. It was all of it. Um, I'd have to really sit down and because I have um lived in experience from each station, even back as far as childhood adolescence, and so it's like um playing with everybody. Now I was a little bit more like into sports and more athletic than little was, mm-hmm. but that same feeling of like you're in a gang of niggas and you're different. And so you're being treated different. There's others who don't give a fuck. There's some that just don't understand. And yet there's still like every moment of your life. Like we opened up with this nigga being hate crime, like niggas chasing him him. through. I don't care if it was the suburbs or a bad neighborhood, but he's literally being hunted down by other kids, his same age. So honestly, a lot of it, like I got stories for days, seventh grade, this nigga, made me feel like shit at a brand new school. I ran out the classroom only to stop, come back in and beat his ass with a chair. I was in the seventh grade. I picked up them big metal, you know, the metal chairs with the hard blue, I don't know, was that marble or something? I beat the fuck out of that boy. But like, I could see so much of my own experience, maybe not in um, beat for beat, but like right on the fringes of a lot of these experiences. And I beat that nigga's ass in the seventh grade with no no fucking remorse like the fact that you had me feeling out of sorts oh no nigga like no you got so yeah i i have to i honestly have to say every single station i have some type of story mm-hmm. so what about you Red? um again like it was really hard for me because this is what i do for work to not see this through the eyes of a therapist probably um I don't, but it's between Little and Sharon. Mm-hmm. Me and Black got some, some, some I got some issues <laughs> with Black, so we're not Black. But <laughs> probably between Little and Sharon, just because it, it already was hard enough for him uh, dealing with the fact that he was being treated different. And we never even really get an understanding. Like, he just seemed like a, a little regular, but like the reason for them even like running after him or how he was different or it Yo. just started off with them whipping this, trying to whip his ass. And like, you never really see anything. Like, why are y'all fucking with him? Mm-hmm. Um, but not only dealing with that, but this, the problems that he had at home really hit me. Yeah. Um, and so probably between those life phases, I would say me and black, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. For me, for me, it was more of the Sharon situation. Uh, Sharon, it's probably the shortest out of the three, but it had so much, 
Yeah, I mean, think, no, I think Black was the shortest. Black was the shortest. Really? Because the third act is always like, like real. Oh, well, yeah, the second act was, was like low. The, the resolution, me, the resolution. Yeah, to me, I, well, it seemed like Sharon's kind of. The movie don't drag. Let me just say this real quick. At all. The movie don't drag at all. Um, but I felt like Sharon. It's like we went through Sharon's story or Sharon's story really fast. But you know, um. But at that point in time, I thought that part of it was really good just for the simple fact of him, like, we get to a point where his mom is, like, full crackhead now. He's at a point where he's trying to figure things out. He finally, him and um, um, Kevin, Kevin thank you, him and Kevin um, have their moment. He's trying to figure a lot of things out, man, and, but... I don't know, man. It was just something about 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 what he was going through, and and then like like Juan's not even around, which is I'm gonna mm-hmm. talk about that too. Um, Juan's not around, and he's he need, this is the time when he needs a little bit more guidance, but we don't even know what happened to Juan. Like he ain't there. Oh, we know. We can infer <laughs> <laughs> that nigga didn't move away on purpose, you know. But yeah, it was it was the 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 middle the Sharon part that was that was something that I was I was gravitating to just and then I mean you get the whole situation where he takes he he solves his problem with the bully which I completely I was like hell yes I'm glad you did it that's what that motherfucker needed let me go to this bigger villain Paula Terrell the bully Paula is his mom. Terrell is the bully. Rain, who's the bigger villain in this movie? Paula. Okay. <laughs> Can I get more? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, she, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I get some I more? Like, from that's the, fuck her. No, um, no, no. I think she's the bigger villain because no matter what, you're always going to run into conflict. If it's as uh, grand as Terrell's or if it's just, you know, not just, but if it's micromanaging. You know, or you know, microaggressions throughout your life. And home is the one place where we don't. You, it's not always going to be right, but it is the place where you need to, at the very least, feel more safe. Mm-hmm. And though some of that probably was out of her control, this nigga didn't ask to be here. So for me, she is the bigger threat because I can fight this nigga Terrell, or he could whoop my ass. But when mm-hmm. I go home, I shouldn't have to fight Terrell and then also fight you. Mm-hmm. Like when I come in the house. That should be my safe space where I could block out the world. And and the um she's really to me even more villainous because he found um Juan and Teresa. Because now this is this is my normal everyday life. But now I've stumbled upon sort of like a fairy tale where I have a two-parent household that mm-hmm. embraces me and treats me like a person, even when the idea of being gay or queer comes out, they're still like welcoming. But then by the conversations that Paula had with uh, Juan, and I'm sure we'll get to that, to me it infers that she maybe doesn't say things, say specific slurs to him, but you you know, you she, know. Didn't she say a slur to him? At that point? No. I, I, I think she always said, because she said, oh, um, do you why my why he walks like that and why like like the shit she was and I think this movie was very good with handling certain aspects that mm-hmm. could have been 
um, very gratuitous, be it the sexual component or the slurs and stuff. But I think because Paula, we, we see so much of her life outside of of uh, Little, and it's still so chaotic, but yet you can tie yourself to a man. You can tie yourself to these drugs. That's an addiction, so that's kind of a gray area. But you can tie yourself to all these other things, but the person who needs you the most, even if you're poor, mm-hmm. poor is fine. You can make a way out of no way. But your poverty can't be an excuse for treating your son like shit. Um, because now I, I I think like, okay, what if little was actually a girl? Like, would you be treating her this way? And then would you, you know, let me just be as explicit. Would you then make her do some of the shit that you're doing to, to get money in your pocket mm-hmm. for your dish? So I, I'm just thinking, even if we switch out little for a little girl, a little non-binary person or whatever, I still come back to the same. I don't know. And I have that lived in experience. Now, my mom wasn't shitty like that, right? but I've had family that's like made it very uncomfortable to be around them. So yeah, no, she's the biggest, biggest villain thus far. Mm. Red, same question for you. Bigger villain. Therapeutically, I have to disagree. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's hear this. So get back up on that mic like you was. That, you actually oh, sound, sorry. There you go. You sound there you go. You sound better. Oh. So because I've I've seen families like this. Um mm. It is hard for me to use the word villain um, when describing Paula because a lot of this is it's family systems, it's family um, curses, or it's a continuation. And so if Paula's the villain, then whoever created Paula is also a villain. We got to, like, how far back are we going to go? Because, again, I've seen families like this, and she once she was able to get through <laughs> some of this by the end of the movie mm. um she was a, a very different person than she was at the beginning um it's just hard for me knowing how how all of that family system shit can go and how addiction can be um people do some really fucked up shit um mm. when they are addicted to drugs and it's not an excuse but it makes it understandable because if she if she wasn't on drugs, let's take out the other stuff like the drugs. If you took away the drugs, would she be the exact same character? If she would be the exact same character without the drugs, and I can see calling her mm. the villain. If you remove the addiction and she becomes a different person, then it's hard for me to 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 call her a villain, and that's hard for me to say. And that was hard, that was a hard place for me to get to in doing therapy, uh, and it's part of the reason why I don't do substance abuse therapy is not my avenue. Um, mm-hmm. for this reason because even in understanding that seeing some of the things that some of these kids or other family members that are attached to the addicted person go through is hard even with me having all of the knowledge that i have about all of this shit like seeing the pain and anguish that the family members go through it's not my lane <laughs> um but we don't i wish that we how did paula get there Mm-hmm. How did she end up in, in the place where she was? And I mean, even with the bully, I mean, I don't know. It's just very hard for me to sometimes to look at. He should have got his ass. He should have beat the nigga ass when he was strong. Mm-hmm. 100% should have. But all of these things are created by other things. Like, you know that you have families that have toxic masculinity where these boys are being raised in a way where they probably would have no problem with their queer counterparts 
had they not been being taught all of this bullshit at home about how this is how a boy, how a man is supposed to be and how you don't need to be hanging out with this. Or, you know, a lot of that is inbred in kids by the adults that are supposed to be watching them. Mm-hmm. And so Paula was Paula one shit. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Do not misunderstand. <laughs> right. Okay. But with as fucked up as she was, that lets me know that she had some fucked up shit in her. And I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times these kids ain't playing. Like I know, you know, kids don't ask to be here, but a lot of times parents don't try <laughs> to have them. It's just some shit that happens. And now mm-hmm. I gotta figure out what the fuck to do because I I didn't straighten up none of the shit I had going on before I had. Because mm-hmm. all that stuff is still there. <laughs> Now I'm just responsible for a little human. And all of that don't go away because you give birth. And she probably was fucked up before she had him. I'm sure. And he probably wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. And he might have been the result of her trying to get some drugs, to be honest. We don't really get enough of like the background. We kind of come in on where she is. Mm-hmm. We don't know how she got there. So I don't know that I call either one of them a villain. I, I feel like... I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. I, I couldn't stand his mom throughout the whole. Even, 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 even in the scene where she apologized and said, "I love you," like I couldn't get with it. Like it wasn't jiving with me, man. Like I, I thought that she was. I, I said, "You are fucked up," and I know yeah. drugs had a lot to do with it. I love you, Sharon. I do. I love you, baby. I mean, you ain't gotta love me. Lord knows I did not have love for you when you needed it. I know that. So you ain't gotta love me. But you gonna know that I love you. You hear? You hear me, Sharon? I hate you, Mama. I'm sorry, babe. I'm so sorry. I mean, come on, man. Like, it's not like she didn't know what was going on either. You know what I'm saying? And I'm people that sell their kids for drugs yes holiday heart you saw that she tried yes i remember that yes like when they on them drugs like the the rational conversation that we're having about how fucked up this is they know we're in that headspace Mm -hmm. i I feel you i feel you i just felt like where he his safe space should have been and i like i said i know that she wasn't i know she was on drugs and i get that Home is supposed to be your safe place, man. That's supposed to be the space where you're supposed to get love. And the way, and the thing is, too, it's, it's, Sharon, like, didn't like his mom either. And she continued, he didn't like her, but he loved her. She continuously, she consistently manipulated him when he was growing up as much as she possibly could to get what she wanted. And again, I know, I know how drugs work. I know how crack is. Believe me, I've seen enough crackheads in, in, in life to know how. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else with this. Believe me, like, what? <laughs> but, <laughs> please. But, um, 
you know, I think a lot of the manipulation tactics that she used on him throughout his childhood was really messed up. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I, I know, you know, at the end we get the whole speech about how she loved him and she couldn't be the mom that she needed to be and all this other stuff. But you manipulated that kid a whole lot for your, for your means, you know, smoke the TV already. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that killed me. That killed me. Like, come on, man, you gonna smoke the TV? I mean, I guess. (laughs) I, I, I mean, Cole, you know this, but I grew up in a household with an alcoholic father. Who had my mom not been there to like? I mean, it was still fucked up. But like, has she not been there? I don't even want to know how bad it would have got. So like. I say that even being somebody that grew up in a household with somebody with an addiction who didn't give a fuck about nobody but they self. Uh, and my dad has since apologized and want to do his father-daughter shit now. And I get it. <laughs> I'm a whole adult out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to come to terms with... So, like, I don't... And I did see him as a villain. Like, as a kid growing up in that situation and some of the fucked up shit that we endured. And like I said, it would have been much worse had my mom not been there. Like, she tried to, like, do some shit to, like, make it, I guess, as good as she could. Still fucked mm-hmm. up. But mm-hmm. um, but it's like, at some point, I had to just accept that, like, that nigga, he got out. He's still an alcoholic. He still drinks. So, like... He's that he he ain't got he is apologizing, but he's still an alcoholic. And he's still, if he's drinking, he'll say some fucked up shit to you. Mm. <laughs> so I got the apology, but like it ain't consistent behavior following the apology. It's just like I'm apologizing in this moment. Mm-hmm. But when I drink this Miller Light, Miller it might be a different thing. I don't I, I think I wanna be clear. I still think Paula's the villain, but I don't think that she's undeserving of love. Like, me saying that she's the bigger villain than Terrell doesn't mean, like, like a like a comic book villain. Like, kill that oh, mother. Yeah. No, it's the, see, yeah. that's not where my mind goes, because at the end, I did feel a little bit of uh, maybe resolution. Maybe that's not the word, but I felt yeah. better about her character. Yeah. I still was like, fuck you all day. Oh, yeah. But I don't... Yeah, so I, I, I want to make sure I get that out, because y'all talking, <laughs> I'm like, god damn, I don't want her to... <laughs> Like go to jail, be banished to hell. But I, I do, I think that it is possible um, to be that villain. But to also, you being a villain doesn't change. That you're still my mom. Yeah. So I, you know, so I'm still she villain all day. But even with Terrell, like, because there could have been a moment where thirty years later they reconnect. And it's like, man, hey, shit was wild back then. Because I mean, we kind of got that anyways. But so yeah. She's still number one villain to me. She's mm. right under Magneto, but you know, <laughs> it's Magneto and Paula's. <laughs> well, yeah. Nah. And like I said, I think again, it's like it's just because I've been on I've been on the side of him living with somebody that don't give a fuck about you that's supposed to. Mm. My home was definitely not a safe space. It was mm-hmm. it was not a safe space. I got out of there as soon as the fuck as I could. Yeah. College was my way out. That's how I got out. There you um, go. Education. Scholarships and everything. Like, you ain't going to tell me go. I ain't going to school. Right. There we go. God right. <laughs> Getting out of here. <laughs> Let's have a conversation about Kevin. Uh, how did y'all feel about how Kevin was portrayed the whole movie? <sighs> Red. <sighs> oh, um, This is one of my issues. <laughs> I figured it would be. 
<laughs> Kevin, it's like both of them were struggling with their identity and who they were. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin blended in a little bit better. And so he didn't have to, because Kevin, I guess at best was bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he was able to, to fit in and not have to deal with the shit that Sharon, because at the time that when they were teenagers mm-hmm. is what he would have been. Uh, he, it's hard because I get it from the perspective of you a teen, as when he was a teenager. Like you ain't finna really put your shit out on the line mm-hmm. to save somebody else as a teen. You just you're not in a headspace. You're not mature enough. Shit, it's adults that want to do that shit. It's adults mm-hmm. that'll serve you up on the platter. I snitch, by the way. I'm one. Oh, of them. don't do nothing around me because if the police come. Oh. And I could potentially go to jail. I'm not going to jail. I don't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do well in prison. But there were moments where I wanted to punch him in his face, and there were mm-hmm. moments where I was like, "Again, it's like again the therapist in me is like he a teenager. He don't. He not. He even if he wanted to to do more mm-hmm. in making this situation better for Sharon, he ain't gonna risk his own shit to do that. Mm-hmm. He's not. And and it. It's like, do you expect that from a teenager? No. Nah, not at that. Like, I, do you have that expectation that they will be mature enough to say, I, "This, I'm gonna stand up because this is what"? Again, adults don't do that. Yeah. Adults will sit by and watch some bullshit happen and let it happen. So, I was conflicted with him because there were moments where I was like, "Fuck that nigga!" Mm-hmm. Like, just leave that nigga alone. There's bunch. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> hey. Please leave that nigga alone. He don't mean no good. Mm-hmm. Good time, not a long time. That's what yeah. heaven is. Just take that beach moment and just leave the fuck <laughs> on. Ah. <laughs> Woo. Well, she said it, y'all. Uh, Rain? Next question. No. Um, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. I have such a complicated history with Kevin. He's also a villain. I... Okay, so on the surface, I liked what every single version of Kevin brought. I I, I did think each actor was very genuine. Little Kevin, like, though, I get so amazed seeing child actors who can mm-hmm. actually act, act that, like, any of my critiques. So serious that they yes, mm-hmm. yes, my God, yes. So any critiques I have for Kevin or Black Chiron, Little, it, it is not directed at the children because they did what the hell they needed to do. Um, especially with, like you said, with this serious nature of um, your act. And, I would, and as a side note, I would love to see how do you direct a child in something like that? Like the little, the little kid versions, like uh, even they're like, I got a little something for that right. later on, actually. Leave it alone. So um, Kevin was interesting. Kevin, you Reg, you mentioned that he was a little bit more passing than Chiron, but he and actually he well a little by a small margin. And I think his attraction to girls, I would assume, by the way in which he spoke about girls with Chiron, that of course you would speak like that with other people, but that was more or less a shield. Even if you genuinely had physical or romantic feelings for a girl, you still understand intellectually, like. Can't let them know I'm looking at niggas. Every uh, nigga yeah, is a star. Because they going to whoop you Because you see what's Every nigga is a star. Look, hey, we've been saying that since season one, <laughs> nigga. Like, shit since Black Lightning. So, 
Um, but yeah, I think Kevin is, um, he's a villain and a victim. And I think he was just maybe smarter at maneuvering. Cause I pictured them at maybe 10th grade. I didn't even see them like close to being seniors. So a lot of yeah. these interactions, like you said, felt very young. And I felt like him wanting to do the right thing was enough in some instances, because again, like you said, read their children. Your back is against the wall. You have to, you ain't got to do shit, but societal standards say you need to hit this nigga. And I have, and I could be projecting, but in that moment, I felt like if he had knocked him down and he stayed down, there would be a conversation about this later. Well, I'm trying to make this up to you. That's where I felt. Kevin as an adult, fuck him all day long. Fuck him and everything Mm. he stands for. That nigga could kiss my ass. Mm. And I really wanted for Mm. Black to put his fist through that man's chest. Mm. I want him to show up at that diner and say, nigga, I'm here. You know what you got to say. But that childhood trauma kept him as that fucking 10th grade teenager. And I hated that for him. I wanted him to be more stronger than he was. Because he, honestly, Black is, is stuck in this 15-year-old this 15-year-old boy in this grown man body. So we never move past Chiron. We get little, we get Chiron, and that's it. We never even get black. Black is a persona that you put on because you're attached to this one true love. No, this first love that you had because all other fucked up shit like Kevin and and all of it isn't his fault because again one thing I want to stress which will probably come up again him being queer is the probably the thing that's saving him for me because I know from personal experience and just from living that being queer, you don't have the same timeline as your heterosexual counterparts where Cole, I'm sure you may have had a girlfriend in high school, read you, you know, maybe kissed a boy. Those things that are more accepted in this zero to 21 like timeline is delayed for a lot of people. So even though it's fuck Kevin all day long, I feel like knowing that struggle, which has its own shit we can unpack with being DL and whatever else. But I think that that's the saving grace for me is that he was also like a cog in this wheel the same as Chiron. He just was able to blend in a bit better, which gave him a certain level of privilege that I'm going to assume this high school is maybe early 2000s-ish. This level of privilege that makes you the villain by nature of being able to skate by, but you're also the victim because you're skating by as a survival tactic. Mm -hmm. So... Again, all that could be projection, but that's what I infer from Kevin. Fuck adult Kevin, but then also like. I so can't. what makes because like so as a as a cisgender straight woman like it, it's always hard because what you don't want to do is you don't want to. I never want to invalidate bisexual existence. So mm-hmm. what makes you feel like Kevin couldn't have been or wasn't bisexual? No, no, no. I I think he was. But oh, what okay. I'm saying is, um bisexual and then putting the putting them in high school and they're clearly not in high school in 2021 so the language around a lot of uh labels and stuff doesn't exist and so Mm -hmm. i feel like him being bisexual more than likely is what it is but you being bisexual you're able to hide that part of yourself and latch on to the part that you know is going to get you to the finish line 
And um, let's just keep I, it, let's keep no, it real wait, quick. Wait. Let me just put a side note. Let's keep in mind that these are these kids are growing up in one of the toughest areas in Miami. Yeah, and it's one of the toughest hoods and poverty stricken places in Miami. So let's kind of understand the where they are and and the environment that they're in and why certain yeah. things why they're acting the certain way that they are. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted people to keep that in mind. Like, yeah, this is this is. A real tough, mm-hmm. tough hood hey, in Miami, man. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think another issue I have is with the movie, but not the movie. It's the movie, but being from the Midwest, when I see shows and movies set in uh, California and when I see them set in Florida, because a lot of these places look pretty, even the hood parts, people, de- I feel like that doesn't sink in enough. Because mm-hmm. I watch Boys in the Hood and I think that's a beautiful movie, but like they are literally in the hood dealing with shit that I saw being in the Midwest, but because we get four seasons, it can look like The Wire on any day, but then the same shit that's happening in my Midwestern town that looks like The Wire is also happening to these niggas that could go on the beach, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that, um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I think that beautifulness of it, especially watching a show or a movie can kind of have you forget or Mm -hmm. not register that, no, this is a bad part of town. This Mm -hmm. is not the suburb so did, did you finish your thought on kevin too i don't know but fuck him <laughs> uh, but fuck him but fuck him with compassion i guess like fuck him but like consensually no um i think he, he he's <laughs> i think he was dealing with a lot and everyone has their own journey mm-hmm. hell this nigga ended up with a kid you know from yeah. a girl that he messed around with and they didn't work out i think from I think high school in the same okay yeah the yeah. same chick samantha from high um, school yeah, so it's still fuck him, but like with that caveat that I understand, or I have a level of empathy because I understand that this, even being bisexual, you can explore one particular side, mm-hmm. quote unquote, of yourself and sexuality in ways that you could never with the other. That's maybe different now for kids in high school and middle school and whatnot, but for back then when we grew up, no, you weren't doing that. Or if you were, you were the exception to the rule, or you were just with some white nigga because interracial gay shit seems to be that's always been okay even when it wasn't so you know people just like swirling in general and they can keep that shit to themselves I'm all for love is love but nigga please (laughs) I know I'm just I I know what it's called it was funny that you said it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I gotta I gotta agree as far as adult Kevin adult Mm -hmm. Kevin pissed me off I thought that was some bullshit. So, kid, Kevin as a child, get it. Hey, man, like, we, he's trying to be, you know, Sharon's friend. You got Kevin in, I guess, high school. And I, I completely agree with Rain. It was one of them situations. Well, I'm not agreeing, but it's one of those situations where he has to adapt because he doesn't want to be on the other end of what was happening to Sharon. Uh, he did what he had to do to survive. Not saying that that was a good thing. I felt like, damn, bro, like, why don't you hit this nigga trying to put you up to to n- knock this nigga down? Cause like, you ain't even cool with. Like, it don't seem like nobody was cool with Terrell for to me. But he had two niggas. But, he had two goons. But yeah. here's the thing about bullies, though. Like, Come on. Because I experienced this in high school. Even when people ain't cool with bullies, they not gonna cross them. Right. Like 
they will watch them do all of this shit. And as long as it's not towards me, like I'm going to stay over here out of his way. Cause I, I don't want to be, a, you know, in front of it. So like, even when they don't have friend, friend, like actual friends, people again, it's like a it's a protective thing. Like I ain't finna get involved. So he, he don't bother me. So right, right, right. <laughs> Adult Kevin, yeah, that nigga was really on some fuck shit. Um, really on some fuck shit. To be honest with you, it, it, <sighs> Adult Kevin was on some fuck shit on one part of my brain, but then we get later on. Mm. Where we get to his apartment and they have this conversation, which we'll we'll bring up later on. I don't know. I to be honest, I don't know. I was like, why you calling? You know what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck you calling? Mm-hmm. And you unlock something in black that he had tucked away for a long time, it seemed like. It's like he was done. He even said it. He was like, when I went to Atlanta, I reset. He said, I reset my whole life. Hey, let me just say this. Okay. So let's get into that. Let's get into that conversation real quick. I think that he became uh, he she started trapping this because of Juan. Yeah. Juan was like his I'm not I'm not saying that he what he did starting to trap was right, but he looked up like Juan. I wanted to bring up the conversation about Juan too, so we can all wrap it up into one thing. Juan he looked up to Juan, not because he was a drug dealer, but because Juan treated him like a part. To me, Juan treated him he like a, a person, and he treated him good, um, fed him, taught him how to swim, just talked to him about crack. life. Talked to Whoa. him about life, man. Like, what you say? Sold his mama crack. Let's not. Let's uh. not. That part. <laughs> Go, man. <laughs> Don't. I mean, I'm just. I don't. I feel you. I mean, I, I. I. I'm not. I'm not even gonna do that. But what I'm saying is, he still was like, yo, Juan is somebody that I look up to. Juan treat, did nothing but treat me right. You know what I'm saying? Of course, yeah, he sold his mom crack. She got to get it from somewhere. Fuck it. Mm, uh, <laughs> um, she actually doesn't, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think he, <laughs> don't. Yo. He followed in what he knew. Mm-hmm. And what was easy, I think. Um, and that's so. And again, this this my own trauma talking. <laughs> but I don't like that shit. I don't like that. That like come on. I don't like that. You better. Oh man. Because that lifestyle caused him so much pain, mm-hmm. and for him to become another cog in it, and he just somebody else's pain. He helping yeah. to, to be the one in a negative way because he ain't doing the mentorship because for every for every uh little and he wasn't there for him when he was wrong for every little or for him being you know all mm-hmm. these other kids he ain't mentoring them but he's selling their mama crack and their mama doing the same shit right. like it's so he's not to me he's not forgiven for like taking on this one kid when he was doing fuck shit that was impacting the whole neighborhood. Like, Talk like towards I, your I, mic, I appreciate that what he did for Little and he did treat him as a human when nobody else did. Janelle Monet, like I they did a very good job with him. However, let it I'm I cannot forget who he was. And that's why that nigga was gone. Toward the mm-hmm. middle of the movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like 
repeat like when I'm trying not to do it in the voice. <laughs> I, that's I hear. <laughs> oh, I'm not a fan of that because that's the eat like he could have become something so much greater than that. Um, and it just I hate it. <laughs> I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That and that's part of my it. So all of this, and let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. Like part of my issue with this movie, and part of my issue with a lot of black movies, because again, black is not a monolith. But when white people look at these movies, they feel like they have this is my <laughs> peek into this life, right? Mm-hmm. And there are so many people who already feel like you know, there's this gay agenda, or like there's all of these things that are in place Ooh. that like make these kids gay. And so, like, him, because Rain has already said that this was not his life story. Like, his mom was not, like, I just hate that it had to be this kid with all this horrific, traumatic shit (laughs) happening to him and also going through this. Because for it to be, like, the first of its kind where there's not a lot of movies like this, it, I feel like it validates those people who feel like a lot of gay people are gay because shit that happened to them, not because, just like how you just straight, that they just gay. Like, Mm. they... I hate that. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, run that back, cause I I hear you, but are you are you saying like the beach scene? No, 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 no. I'm saying like overall, him having mm. to have all of this trauma happening okay. to him, in addition to this being a story about him struggling, mm. like because a lot of people already feel like it's because of trauma. It's because yeah, of okay. childhood. Okay, it's because I see. People aren't really gay. If these things had never happened to them, this wouldn't be the lifestyle that they're living. But see, my only challenge with that is that everybody experiences trauma. So, and I don't know if I'm even <laughs> denying what you're saying or just saying what you're saying, but I feel like, um, cause I hear that, that argument a lot and it's like, yeah, the trauma is there, but everyone has their own specific um, degree of trauma and there's certain things that you maybe black out some things that happen but like if this very same story happened but let's just make Kevin uh, I don't know maybe a more masculine girl or even you know make Chiron a girl and Kevin a boy like I don't know I feel like we would even if everything played exactly the same I, I hate when people use trauma as an excuse because even heterosexual people have shit that in their life that maybe maybe strengthens their heterosexualness or not maybe has no impact on it you but like anything I'm saying. okay <laughs> Aha, there we go Twin. that's what i'm saying but that's like so <laughs> i just so because this is a movie that's the first of its kind i feel like that validates this like him having all mm. of this trauma for people that okay. believe that believe trauma mm. is what creates this and not just that people are born this way mm. okay like yeah. this story could have happened with less of all of this other I like, see what you're saying. all these other mm-hmm. things so like i feel like for some people again black is not a monolith but again we know it's gonna be people who watch this and feel like so this is what like <laughs> so, what it is. this is how how this happens <laughs> so let me let me jump in on that real quick um the reason i th- barry jenkins who directed the movie is f- from the same very same neighborhood um what he did was i'm sorry and this is his life story? I don't know if it's his life story per se. I didn't see that. But from from so, some interviews that he talked about, he wanted to portray what life was like where he grew up at. Um, he grew up in these parts of Miami, and he wanted to focus on those types of things. So I think he was really trying to tell the, tell the story 
I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to give it no pass about what is in there, but he basically was like, "Yo, I'm tr- just trying to tell the story from where I'm from and how it is. I'm from these parts in Miami. This is what I know. You know, like this is his first. Well, it's not problematic. Like I don't have an issue with him telling the story the way he told it. I'm just saying that because this was a story the first of its kind, because all of that is in there." For people who believe that gay is created by bad things happening to kids, this movie validates that for them because you have this queer child that is nothing but trauma. This whole mm-hmm. no nothing good happened to this nigga. Like it's just it's yeah. just all bad. Yeah. And so I just feel like it's two different stories here. We're mm-hmm. seeing the story of him dealing with his sexuality, but we're also seeing the story of this neighborhood and and dealing with like growing up tough in this neighborhood. And, his and mom, I feel like those know, two stories are going to get combined together in the minds of some people. Mm-hmm. And like I said, because this is the movie, uh, first the movie that's the first of its kind. You know how I feel about black struggle movies. I feel like white <laughs> people look at their movies and feel like that's how all our lives are. That's mm-hmm. not true. But there are people that watch those movies and be like, people watch Precious and think that this is really how people are oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, but we not. Let me be honest. We not living like um, Cedric the Entertainer and and. and the honeymooners, we ain't living like that either. Well, I'm not saying that it didn't have to have any trauma, but again, this is a mo- you name me something good that happened to that child. There was no nothing. No, no I, 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 I hear you. I hear three you. meals, <laughs> nigga. That little beach romp, you know. I, <laughs> that carried him over to uh, adulthood. So I don't know. Your your argument is valid by that now, because <laughs> that nigga was holding on to that night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I get, I get you. I get you. I, um, and so it's not it's not really his responsibility, but I'm just saying I just know how people are. And so who and Rain, you made the comment that when kid, you know, kids that 30 years from now make a movie that they'll pick up from this movie. But for those mm-hmm. 30 years, if this is the only movie that exists about queer yeah. black life, mm-hmm. then it's gonna care, it's gonna continue to carry that stigma that some people have about like, well, they go through all of this stuff and this is why they're gay. Like he he went through all of this stuff. Mm. Mm. No, yeah, no, no. I, I hear you there. It's just I know there's so much more out there. See, ah, uh, this is the thing. Like we're at this crossroads where if we did this very same podcast in 2010, let's just say it came out in 2010, it would be a very different conversation than now because now you got, you know, niggas. Well, hold on, let me change. You have kids, you have boys and girls who are same gender loving and attracted, asking each other to prom right along with their heterosexual counterpart, depending on your school and area. And I say all that to say that with the technology and conversations changing, for me being in this community, I see constant representation of queer bodies, relationships and whatnot in my media because I am in this community. So I'm going to find a web series. I might not know it, but Jimmy, who I followed two years ago, who married with a, with kids, he liked it. And so it popped up for me. So there may be that 30 year gap, but that 30 year gap isn't going to be, um, it's only going to be a gap to people. Oh, this is going to sound very harsh to like y'all. Safe space. Because you're not. I'm sorry. That's, I'm like, oh, that's that's the, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be straight people that y'all know. Yeah. Like your community knows that that's not true. That it isn't got nothing to do with trauma. That that's yeah. not what, what it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is our community 
that it, that I'm saying is going to have these fucked up ideas about this movie. Yeah. About this, that in That's because our community has been brainwashed into so much bullshit for the last umpteen million years yeah. that we we have to like we're just now getting into a place where we understand and we're we're a lot more open no, and yeah no no I, I i mean that's the, that that cat that comes with it but what i'm saying is it's it's to a point now where it's just like hey there are people out here who are more open who understand a little bit more and willing to get the, receive the information so they can have a better understanding to be able to have these types of conversations and not be out here looking ignorant you know what i'm saying so yeah. i mean it's it's like it's said, it's, I, it's changing things are changing it just ain't at a faster it's ain't as a, as a fast pace as white people like yeah. i didn't sit up here and look at uh broke back mountains like you know them cowboys so do be getting it on out there but you're bl- mm. but i feel like <laughs> as black people we know because we know that that shit gets done to us like we don't look at everything like a monolith like you can look at the gray area mm. so you're not gonna do that but we know, like I said, the reason one of my my main gripes about all of these struggle movies winning these awards and shit is because I know that it's because white people think that yeah. this is a peek into black life all the time. There we and go. It's not. <laughs> but I think this I think this movie deserved me personally, and I'm just gonna be completely a hundred percent honest. I feel like this movie deserved best picture. I mean, it was it, it was going up against like it was other black movies like um, I think Fences was in that in that category. Mm. Hidden. This was one of the few times that uh, the Oscars had several black Fences, but Hidden Figures, and it was another. But you black went movie. with La La Land, nigga. <laughs> you should have went with one of the. Cause didn't they fuck over um, like Leo for like years? He didn't get an Oscar, yeah. mm. so yeah, that wasn't the year to be fucking up. Like, <laughs> well, but so. Again, I'm not saying that it made the movie bad that it did that. I'm just saying I wish that because it is going to stand on its own for a little while as a movie about black queer life and about how the coming of age story of somebody that's black and queer, I just hate that it was riddled with so much outside trauma stuff mm. that again for people who feel like gay is created and you're not born like if this all these things hadn't happened to this kid or these kids, you know, it wouldn't mm. be that way. I just hate that that feeds into it. Didn't mm. say it was. A, it doesn't ruin the movie because we're cognizant enough and we have the sense to know mm. that this is one aspect of queer life. Mm. But there are people who think everything that's not them is a monolith. And so when you see one thing, that's it speaks mm-hmm. for everybody. And right. this does not. It this does not tell the story for all black queers. I don't even think it tells the story for most black queers. I don't know that this is the story for most of them. I don't know because I'm not one, but. I don't know that all of the stuff that he went through extra to this yeah. is part of their life. And I, again, I just, I know how people can be from being black and how people mm-hmm. feel like these movies are peaks. And it's like, I ain't grow up in, I ain't even grow up in the hood. I'm from the country. So <laughs> this story, I don't even tell my life. <laughs> like precious would never have been me. Girl. Okay. You Neander. <laughs> Before we move on to movie nerd time, didn't you want to have a conversation, Red? Did you not want to have a conversation about black? <laughs> I I said what I had to say about his <laughs> when he was at. <laughs> Yo, black um, <laughs> and bless his heart, I I I understand it. I really do. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> 
Okay. I don't want to, I don't, again, from a trauma perspective, like people do what they used to. Normal is whatever you're accustomed to. It's not mm-hmm. healthy. It's not good or bad. It's whatever. And that's what he was used to seeing. So he just repeated that. I just wish that he hadn't. <laughs> and then yeah. he did. Like he could have took the good parts. Because uh, then he find out that Juan was dealing drugs to his mama. Did he ever find it out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. I think he put two and two together. I don't want to say yeah. that he found out, but so that... he was pretty sure that this nigga was the one supplying crack. Right. Him. So right. I don't know. I just wish he had taken a different path. Because <laughs> when I when they panned to him and he had that goddamn gold chain in them teeth, I was like, this nigga. <laughs> This nigga uh, really just just want to fuck up here. Continue to fuck his life up. Because drug dealing lead to jail and death. And you really just going to continue the trauma on your own time. All right. Mm. <laughs> so that's mm. all I had to say. But I just hated the path that he, he chose. Because it is a choice. Like once you deal with trauma and the way that your life goes after that, it is a very much. You have to decide, start making choices that are not impacted by your trauma. Mm. It's hard, but that's what has to happen. Yeah. Trauma gonna be there regardless, and so I just would have liked to have seen him do a little bit better, especially if he was gonna have to deal with old dickhead ass um Kevin. Then at least he would have had part of his life together. That nigga still was struggling as an adult. He went to jail. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get to it. Look, everybody, it is movie nerd time. Let's get into that type of stuff, which not it's not gonna be any better. So what? I know. <laughs> So, doing my research, it was a back and forth about the budget. The mm-hmm. studio kept saying that the budget for this movie was four million million dollars. Four million dollars. Um, Barry Jenkins had to go on. He was on an interview, and he actually went on Twitter and said, "No, everybody, our, our budget was started at one point two million, and uh, it went up to one point five because we had to put some money together." Here's a quote from uh, Barry Jenkins: "Why on earth?" is the budget of Moonlight quoted as $4 million here. I pointed out because it would be a disservice to our hardworking crew if that were the budget of the film. The budget was roughly $1.2 million and it rose to $1.5 through post. Um, Niggas would have been riding in the street because this check was real short for $4 million. This movie, this movie um, is one of the lowest budgeted movies to earn to win an Oscar. And it's an independent movie also. Brad Pitt actually had a meeting and helped the director get the necessary funds to to distribute wow. the deal. Brad Pitt was the an executive. Right, oh, I took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Brad Pitt was executive producer. He got a pr- executive producer credit on him, but he helped get that get get the get funding for for Barry Jenkins. So opening weekend, I couldn't find where it ranked at. It just was kind of, I wouldn't go pay IMDb to find out where it ranked at. <laughs> <laughs> but opening weekend, it made four $400,000. But uh, eventually it ended up getting a domestic, uh, domestic it ended up earning $27 million, And mm. then internationally it went up to $37 million. So actually, where this gay ass movie? <laughs> wow, <laughs> they hanging niggas overseas, but okay. This was twenty six. <laughs> this is twenty sixteen, right? Oh, I st- that's still impressive. niggas was still getting hate crime. Back you then. Get hate crime in twenty twenty one. You go to the wrong. Hey, room. hey, twenty twenty two too. Shit. 
This movie also won three Oscars. It won for Best Picture. Um, that was Mahershala Ali. And thank you for saying his name because I'd be butchering the shit out of him. Yeah, oh, Mahershala, no. Mahershala, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. Mahershala. Yeah. You don't want to know what I was thinking. And it, and it also won for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, Barry Jenkins, who is a black man, who is a black director. Um, this movie uh, is set where he was from in Miami. Um, with this Oscar nomination, Barry Jenkins actually became the f- only the fourth black filmmaker to be nominated for Best Director mm-hmm. category. Fourth. Is Think about friend? that. And mm-hmm. the Oscars have been here forever. 400 years so uh he's mostly done um a lot of independent movies he um moonlight was his his actually his i'm sorry i said first his second full-length film his first full-length film was medicine for melancholy back in 2008 his second film was moonlight and his third film um was if bill if bill street could talk Everything else has been short movies and a few documentaries here and there on TV. So he he hasn't made a lot of movies. He hadn't been in the game for a, a while. He's, Who wrote it? He, he wrote he did the screenplay and it was um Terrell Alvin McCartney who did the story. That was his life, right? Did it say that? It, I know this was based off. So I think it was Terrell. Lives. I think it was Terrell uh Alvin McCarthy's life, if I'm not mistaken. Do he look like never mind. queer? Because I, I would just like to know. <laughs> yeah, because I think he looked like Brunch Gay. Not <laughs> do he look like? I, do he look like Gay? I don't think. Let me look it up because you ain't gonna. I, think, I, was, I don't I, know. You talking about from Black Lightning? Yes, Brunch Gay. Uh, yeah, he got. He, yes, he, he gave the Brunch Gay vibes. He it's gave based off that nigga life then. He gave you the Brunch Gay vibes. They actually did it off. It was a story that they uh, they did too. I had it up here. I didn't save it correctly. Uh, race, masculinity, be, and poverty. I would be kind of disappointed if it was written by somebody straight. Because I don't feel like we need to be telling them stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nigga. That's good. Like, just like I don't want nobody white trying to tell a story. It was, it, was, it was based on an unproduced play called In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, I think I remember it. He, Terrell, yeah. So it was Terrell Alvin McCraney. Who, who was a part of right, writing that also? This a slave master name, if I've heard one. Ah! One thing that people don't know is the swimming part on on the film. Mahershala Ali was actually teaching the young the the boy. Um, oh, really? He was actually teaching him how to swim in that in that part of the movie. That made me cry. That was such a uh, amazing scene, man. <laughs> that was such an amazing scene. Also, um, one thing that was a part of the movie that that related to Barry Jenkins, Barry Jenkins' movie was also uh, Barry Jenkins' mother was also a, 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 an addict, a drug addict. Oh. Um, that was one of the things that was something he had suffered through when he was uh, a kid. Um, Mahershala Ali is also the first person of Muslim faith to win a, an Academy Award for acting as well. A lot of people don't know What's that. That name, I'm not surprised that he's. <laughs> That ain't a Muslim ass name. It is. It's very much. It's very much. Paula, who is Sharon's mom, is played by the actress Naomi Harris. But Naomi Harris, uh, they had to persuade him to persuade her to join the project. Uh, Producer Jeremy Klinger had to lie and told her that Barry Jenkins had written a role for Paula 
you know, that he wrote the role for her. She didn't want to do it because she was trying to portray black women in a positive light. She didn't want to I'm be. She I'm didn't. Her. She, <laughs> I get it. I hope she got a raise. After this she, but she read the script, and when she found when she read the script, she seen that like, okay, this is not what it, what I think it is. So they mm-hmm. had to kind of like persuade her to do that. She did a damn good job, though. Oh, for sure. I hated her. She did what she needed to do. <laughs> that woman deserves all her flowers because I hated her. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, let's get into the, let's get into the categories, guys. Uh, first category: Where did you rewind? That is, what's your most favorite scene from this movie? Red. I'll start with you. I did not rewind. <laughs> you didn't have any. You had no favorite scenes from this movie. Yo, I, I didn't say I didn't have no favorite scene. I just said I didn't rewind. Nothing. But that's what uh, the name of the category oh is. God. Why don't you people? Uh, you look. You jumped in before I finished my statement. I was gonna say I did not rewind any place, but I did have favorite scene. <laughs> Yo. You gotta let me uh. The swimming scene, um, probably, probably just the swimming scene. The rest yeah. of was kind of rough, kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it was the most pure, like, good, happy part of his life. Like, that was probably one of the few times where shit went right for him. Give me a head. Hey, let your head rest in my hand. Relax. I got you, I promise. I'm not gonna let you go. Hey man, I got you. There you go. Ten seconds. That right there. You in the middle of the world. just trauma either because of the fact that he's queer or because his mama on crack. It was just real hard. So <laughs> yo <laughs> probably the swimming. I I you know what the scenes where him and Juan and Janelle Monet's character were like together mm. again like that was just the time any of those scenes I would say because yeah. he just those were the only good times for him even when he became an adult. Like Ooh. Okay. Uh I let me go. <laughs> Next. I, I, I have a I have a few of them. So um when when Juan finds Paula in the car smoking crack, that scene hit me really hard because like it was fucked up, man. The whole yeah. thing was like it was just really fucked up. I was so sad. I was like, damn, that's that's some bullshit. That scene just hit me really hard. The conversation one 
and Little had about being gay and selling drugs. And the hurt on Juan's face when he was like, when he when when Sharon was like, do you sell drugs? And he was like, yeah. You know, Sharon gets up and walks away. And Mahershala Ali, Juan was just, I know why this nigga won the Oscar. What's a faggot? Faggot is a word used to make gay people feel bad. Am I a faggot? No. No. You could be gay, but you never let nobody call you no faggot. Do you sell drugs? Yeah. And my mom. She do drugs, right? He was hurt. He, it hurt him to tell him that. And that part was just, just to see what it was his face, just the pain on his face after he told him that was crazy. Um, when Sharon finally takes up for herself and hits the bully in the back, in the, in the back ah. of the chair, I, I applauded. I was like, yes, whoop his fucking ass. But I also was like, how is it that they jumped him and he didn't go, they didn't go to jail. But he hit the kid in the back. No, adults didn't know adults see it. He did it in front of an adult. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were. Just what about the security guard that came through? But he didn't see it start. He just thought, uh, like, you can't. You know what I'm saying? You coming in? If if he won't tell, what can you do? Anybody gonna like, yeah, it's a rail. They made them chairs specifically for this movie because <laughs> fam, Terrell <laughs> needed an award too for falling out like that. He, I said. But I also kind of clapped for him because I was like, that's some good acting, young man. <laughs> but yeah. Nah, that scene, the whole lead up to that scene of when when Sharon go walks, like when the camera follows him. Mm-hmm. The the way this movie was shot was so great. I loved how it was yeah. shot. But they the camera shot of following him going through the hall and going through everything. He walk in through class and put his book back down and pick up the chair and go upside his go upside hey. his head with it. I was I I cheered. I tell you, you damn right. 
Um, next scene when Sharon gets the phone call from Kevin mm. or Black, I should say Black again. Um, I think uh, the the brother's name is Trevante Rhodes. Yeah, his the is. look on his face when he figures out it's Kevin, and he sits at the edge of that bed, and he's like. Just the look he had when 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 he's having this conversation with somebody he ain't talked to in ten years. My slate. I'll be there tomorrow. I promise. Hello. Hey, Black. I mean. Uh... Chiron. What's up, man? This uh it's Kevin. You there? Yeah. Long time no see, right? Man, I had asked Teresa for your number and uh Hold up, man. You 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 do remember me, right? Yeah, I do. Been a while. Yeah, yeah, it has, man. So, uh, where you at now, man? Georgia. Atlanta. Been up here ever since. Yeah, yeah, man, that's what I heard. Hey, man, I'm sorry about all that. All that shit what went down. Shot wrong real shit, dog. I am. So, uh, what you doing up there, man? Not much. Just, just trouble. Chiron in trouble always found a way. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> what about you? Me? I'm a cook, man. <laughs> you, you, you a cook? Yeah, buddy. That brother was acting, man. Um, yeah. But just to see what... what Every, you he didn't have to say much because you could see on his on his facial expressions how he felt while talking to Kevin. That was that was crazy. Um, when Black's mom finally tells him uh, that she loved him, I thought that was a good scene. I thought that um, I thought that the the actress I think it's Naomi was it Naomi Harris. I think yeah. she did a damn good job with that. Was a good scene, man. Naomi Harris did her thing, um, just kind of explaining to her, him, yes, I love you. I messed up in the past, and I've always loved you. Just, just <laughs> drugs. Um, Crack. It was touching, yeah. but for me, it was a little bit too late because it was so much shit that they went through. But we had that conversation mm -hmm. earlier. So, mm -hmm. and um, the conversation that Kevin and Sharon has about who are you. When he was just when they was in it, when they finally went back to Kevin's apartment and they stand there and he's just like, 
Like, who are you, Sharon? Like, this ain't you. I know you. I know you. And they had this back and forth. And then Sharon finally says, you know, you the, you the only man that ever touched me like that in that way. That scene was so tense to me. Like, I was just like, where is this going? Like, what's going to happen? Like, it was just a lot there. So, um, those are the those are the favorite scenes, my favorite scenes that I had. Rain? Hell, y'all done took all the scenes. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the swimming scene, for sure. Uh, because for me, like, there's so many parts of this movie that if you lift up certain scenes, like, on their own, they're still just so good. And that's one of them. Like, every instance of him in the water or him hearing water like that because like that's your security blanket that's your safe space mm-hmm. in this water and you this little black boy doing things that a lot of black people just cannot do like oh that was just uh, go ahead oh you can't <laughs> tell me either hell can't swim i love that no i learned cannot at the wow uh, White i can water. climb a tree like a dumbass, and I can't swim. Mm, you sound like me. <laughs> I've been canoeing, and I'm like, let's not. I got on a cruise ship, but yeah. Um, I love that. Um, honestly, every interaction with him, with Chiron and uh, Kevin, like them at school, um, the beach scene for sure. Like, I honestly had tears in my eyes watching, and I've seen this movie before, but having that like emotional connection to a lot of these moments that are even the problematic moments like that instance again going back to what i said earlier like having this this like delayed puberty or these delayed social experiences where even though it was wrapped up in something no no let me not say that you had this close moment of like exploration with another young boy there was a sexual component to it but that wasn't even the focus that's something that happened in the midst of this once in a lifetime experience for yourself for that one and in a way that was shot i thought especially when you're portraying two children Mm -hmm. doing something that is um sexual because that's flat that's called a spade a spade but shooting it in a way that did not wasn't gratuitous I felt like they did a good job, especially from that behind shot, because you could have easily did from the front, like shoulders up, but having that from the back and having to like fill in the spaces with your own imagination. I just, I thought it was, it was, I thought it was good. I ain't going to say perfect because I'm sure it could have been better, but having that up against that very final image from the entire movie where we see the exact same scene, but from the front Mm -hmm. and it's not sexual. It's just, these two niggas connecting. So that scene for me was like the most rewatchable. Like from this nigga running away, going to the beach, the one nigga you just was having wet dreams about pops up and you're not sure if this nigga is here or not for real. Like it's that, man, I got so much fucking teenage angst wrapped up in that moment that my grown ass like shed a tear. Like, oh, y'all look like nigga, they were jacking off on the beach. But like <laughs> the shit was, it was, it was intense because it's like this doesn't, Everyone is awkward in their teenage years, but like this is something that ah, some niggas don't get till they get past college, or you get it in secret because of you know whatever else. So that really was like my number one um, rewatchable scene. Um, and that, when I say that, I mean that portion them driving in the car, like and not being weird afterwards was just like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Be safe. Like it felt how I would imagine. 
a fucking 16-year-old boy and girl went on their first date and you dropped her off at home. Mm-hmm. You, I don't want to ascribe heterosexual norms to this, but to make it as plain as possible, that's what it felt like. Um, the diner, everything about the diner. Um, because regardless of how I feel about Kevin, I feel like you 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 got to that space where you had that closure. You were able to have these conversations. And I think a lot of times that I could be speaking for myself or everyone, but you get certain moments where you do feel like a kid again or those emotions you had from childhood or early 20s or whatever, a certain point in time resurface. And I like um, the way Trevante and I say specifically him, I like the way he acted because I felt like because we have three different actors portraying both Kevin and Trevante, I feel as if, uh, I mean, Kevin and um, Chiron, I feel like Trevante had to match Chiron. And I don't know the young actor's name, but I feel like he had to match him versus like when you have a TV show or a movie and you cast a, a kid, they have to like look at the adult, see how their mannerisms and stuff is. But I feel like that was flipped and I think he did an exceptional job. So mm-hmm. um, the very ending in Kevin's kitchen. You're the only man that's ever touched me. You're the only one. I haven't really touched anyone since. Because I kept figuring out, like, do I want you to put your fist through his chest or do I want y'all to hug? Like, what? I can't. I have not come down on how I feel. Maybe both. Maybe whoop his ass. There's a lot of tension in that scene. For that little ass kitchen, yeah. But the way it was framed, everything I was just like, this is beautiful. And then I really like the ending because Kevin is quote unquote on the straight and narrow, and he lives in this very humble place. Very much like the place that Chiron grew up in. But then Chiron is out here doing quote unquote the bad thing, and he has just from the few images we saw, a very nice living set like his Mm -hmm. to see the two different ways in which they went and then to come back and i just this was beautiful this was a beautifully shot movie Mm -hmm. um it gave me a lot of feelings of like uh well i don't know is this is this too early we're doing like what's what's similar to it or we doing it no go ahead go ahead you good um Black is King, this, and laugh if you want, but Black is King by Beyonce. Something about, and not every single moment in that production, but a lot of the, there's a specific portion where she's like in Africa, but in the city areas with like these big ass fucking hydraulic cars and these neon lights and something about that portion of Black is King felt like Miami. It felt like this movie. And there's a TV show, David Makes Man, which also feels very much in the same world of Moonlight. It's set in Miami. Mm. Um, It's a young boy who's poor. Um, A lot of the parallels with a lot of characters, but it very much felt that way. Um, David Makes Man, Black is King. Even Black Panther, and this is so, might be a reach, but like in a lot of these high school scenes, 
I, that just was first thing that came to mind. I can't fully explain that one. So if you think I'm reaching, that's fine. But something about that, maybe that like fight on the something about it felt so primal, but it felt so pretty mm-hmm. in the way that Black Panther was. Um, damn, I had something else. But there were a few things. I was like, this feels fleshed out. This feels beautiful. This terrible story mm-hmm. is beautifully shot. It is the score, the the music, like oh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. So, <laughs> you know, there was also a dog in the movie. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> but no, I, I loved it. Um and then also that scene with um Mahershala and Naomi. Because I felt like that was his oh, I don't know, that was his moment where you have to come to terms with, like, you you have to choose. Like, just like she has to choose, are you going to be a good mom or not or whatever else? You have to choose. Are you going to keep raising my boy and also giving me drugs? And then if not me, you're still going to give them to somebody else. And like Ray said earlier, you didn't mentor every single boy that walked past your way. You gave them jobs and let them keep doing the same shit that you were doing. So I like that scene because it was an impossible scene. Like, you can't, no matter what you do, you fucked up. You stop fucking with Sharon, he goes a certain way just to give his mom a crack. You start giving her cracks, you get it from somebody else, you're giving it to other people. Like, it's a vicious knot. It's not even a cycle. It's a whole knot full of a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, those were my my rewatchable scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything with them as a kid. That whole kid shit, I think, was a nice little short film in itself. Like, mm-hmm. that was perfect. Okay. Next category, On Their Way Up or Down. Lead actor, actors moving in a good direction or a bad direction in their career when this hit. I will start by saying Mahershala Ali, of course. <laughs> he was on Mahershala Ali. He was on his way up. Mahershala Ali, don't know if you guys know this now. He won the Best Supporting, act, supporting Actor Oscar, and he only had less, he had less than 20 minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. Impactful. And I feel like his character was very impactful in that movie, and I can see why uh, he did his thing, man. I think he was on his way up, and we'll we'll get to see him in in some some. He'll be Blade pretty soon, Blade. but he uh, also uh, was in True Detective, which I think people gave him a lot of praise for for HBO. So mm. I think he's he's gotten a lot more roles since then, and I think he's most definitely going to be one of our our top actors. Red. Anybody on the way up or down for you? Trevante Rhodes. I think he did an amazing job. Um, I don't know if he's been in things. Mm-hmm. He was in like Bird Box. Um, mm-hmm. I ain't watched it. Yeah, it was, <laughs> um, he was in it was very popular though. So yeah. His career, but I ain't watched that. Well, yeah, he was uh... I mean, he's been in like a few, like Bernie Sands. He's been in Lady Luck. Um, he was in Bird Box. He's supposed to be in the Mike Tyson miniseries that's coming out. So he's gonna be uh, in in that. Um, that he's in the United States versus Billy Holiday. Uh, so I can throw out there right now. Alex R. Hibbert too. He played Little. Mm. Those little kids did a very good. Thing. Hey, them kids sure. acted they ass off. They need so it. him being that young and already being that good, he has a very bright future ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Um, yeah, that was mine. I think uh, Travante, even though it hasn't been a whole lot since this, I think when you got something like Bird Box, where it was a viral sensation, uh, you can't count that out. I think that um, he's definitely on his way up. Mahershala Forrest. Um, Jamal Jerome, I think that's his name. I want to say he, because he was in, like, yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. yeah, he was in when they when they see us or when they see you or um, Janelle Monet. Like it's really hers. I say on the way up, but hers is so different because she is a recording artist. So like in that lane, she's always going to be like a household name. She's carved that lane for herself. When's she in the movie about the black? Um, she's in Hidden Figures. Hidden both two movies. Oh, yeah, she's that, been in, two movies that she was in that year. Both were nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, so like she's solidified. Like, and then she does her own indie stuff, like with her um, Cindy Mayweather, the Arc Android. Like that's something that's been around since I was at Clark Atlanta years ago. Um, and she does her own like motion picture stuff, like the the video albums. So yeah, she mm-hmm. on the way up. And she and she's a good actress. She's not just a recording artist who has dabbled in acting. She is an actress. Um, yeah, so I say I say them. The okay. kids, Janelle, Mahershala, Travante, and maybe Jerome. Mm. Okay. Maybe he's on the way up. <laughs> uh next category, y'all. <laughs> I want that Oscar. Now, this could go two ways. A particular actor, actress could over could overact in the scene or a particular actor and actress could be acting their ass off. Again, I'll go first on this one. Trevante Rhodes as black. His acting was so good to me. Uh I think he did a damn good job. He had his mannerisms down too um with something that you brought up earlier uh, in the conversation. His mannerisms were um spot on for from from when um, Sharon was a kid and stuff like that. In an interview, Barry Jenkins said that the three actors who played Sharon never met during production. Uh, he wanted each of them to build their own persona of Sharon uh, during their respective segments with no influence from the other per- people. Same thing happened with the actors who played Kevin as well. So he basically let all the different ones do their own thing. And I'm just like, to see Trevante, I don't, I, he had to see something. Like he had to see an early some scenes from these kids because the way he his mannerisms and the way mm-hmm. he was moving and stuff like I'm like he he had to see one of them the the kid the the youngest kid do something because he his stuff was spot on it was just spot on for me so I think he acted his ass off in this movie Rain who 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 um who do you have in this category two folks um same as yours I think Trevante. Um, really all of the little Sharon Travante, all of them, I think collectively as one did what they needed to do, but specifically Travante, cause I just, I, I, I was able to believe that he was like, this was an actual person, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I, he didn't pull me out of the story. Like Kevin ugly as did. he, you were not, those are three different people. Um, and Terrell. I think Terrell, like, I don't, you could say acting an ass or whatever, like, he's not a phenomenal act or this role wasn't extremely great. Um, but I think leaning into that bully shit, 
I feel like that that that's a role where you could just be outlandish, and mm-hmm. I feel like he really did that. Whereas with Naomi, yeah, she hit the like crackhead mom thing, and I think she did very well. But something about Terrell just being an asshole and like being so chaotic amongst all these other people who mm-hmm. were, yeah, I'm gonna laugh at your joke, but they were pretty much like, you're the the ripple, nigga. You the one that's like extreme. So I I honestly think he. That may not have been his intention to get an Oscar, and I don't think this performance deserved it, but I think he was really leaning hard into his role and like he sold it. Yeah. So Okay. Red. I actually would say Naomi Harris. Um mm. she did a very she did a good job being a horrible person. <laughs> um just showing like from her being full on addicted. To her, the end, the uh, toward the end where she had that conversation mm-hmm. with Black, to the conversation she had with Juan, because mm-hmm. addicts are real good at pointing your shit out to you. Hey. If you want to ever get read to death, <laughs> an addict can do that. Talk to I don't a crackhead. Me, I can look at you. Mm-hmm. I can tell you all about you. <laughs> and so they're very good at pointing out the flaws in others because they don't want to look at themselves. I just think she did a really good job, even though, and and I feel like even more so knowing that that was a role she did not want to portray. Mm, yeah, you're right. Like, knowing that now, because I didn't know that before, but even, like, that makes me feel like even more she did an amazing job because she could have phoned that shit in because mm, she didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. And you're she right. didn't. Yeah. I agree. Good job. Mm. Next category. Is this a believable love story? Could you see this happening in real life with these same two characters? Rain. Yeah. Yes. I've seen this. I've been <laughs> in this fucking story, nigga. I've I've been there. So yes, absolutely. This is true. Yes. God damn. Yes. Yeah. Very yes, believable. Yes. Lord, yeah. Unfortunately, it is very it happens to this day. So mm. yeah. Red, I've heard your answer, but just can we get it officially now, please? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> So again, you know, doing the work that I do, I work a lot with, especially teenagers um, it, that are in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and this is, this happens a lot. Like this under either unrequited or this secretive situation where, you know, they fall in love with this person that treats them really well when they're together, mm-hmm. but has to act like they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, or that the their relationship isn't what it is. Like, I haven't experienced that personally, but I've helped people that have. And mm-hmm. so this is very believable. Like, Sharon could have been one of my clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should have been. Maybe he would have ended up differently. Yeah. Yeah. His mama, well, I don't do substance abuse. I could have referred her. <laughs> uh, she could have been a referral. <laughs> I guess we're going to be three for three on this one. I most definitely think this is a believable love story. Especially when a nigga call you 10 years later. Yo. <laughs> hey, big call you. Hey, hey big ass. I ain't seen you since high school. Oh what are you doing? My it's me. Yeah. <laughs> trapping, nigga. What you yeah, want? I'm out here trapping, uh, nigga. You just, I just heard a song and it rem- <laughs> Red? Yeah, Red? Oh, nigga, you gay, gay. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> heard a bro. song. Oh, heard a song and it reminded me of you. Come like, on, come on, baby. 
Come on, baby. It's me. I'm just cooking at this job. Right. Right. I hate right. him, bro. Right. I hate him. T, you waited. Too, why you get that number? <laughs> oh. The audacity. <laughs> Niggas ain't got nothing else. They got audacity for days. Like, you know Man, say, you got a kid. But you got to think, gotta... what's worse? Kevin calling or Black saying, I'm just going to ride to Florida just to see but it. I, I'm still on Kevin. Black, because Black. <laughs> Had that under like that, he just mm-hmm. fell in love with that nigga. Like you'll do stupid shit for that first love. Like, hey, man, quit he telling my business. Caused. Like he really <laughs> he was causing Quit telling my business. That's what he quit. <laughs> you need to go somewhere. Uh, expel her from this call because this shit. I caught a stray. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No, I. Mm, I ain't. That nigga yeah, called. Really, I mean, you know. <laughs> Cole, people that have done lots of crazy things. Right. Love. Right. No, mm-hmm. that's correct. What you won't do. <laughs> that, nigga, that, that dude, that dude uh, said, so you just all of a sudden was just on one and you just decided to drive to, to, to Florida. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why the fuck not? If I put, he needed closure or he needed, you know, another door open. He needed to see this shit through. That's where it is. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying it ain't. Because I'm like, nigga, you come see me then, motherfucker. Right. I wish somebody from high school would call my He said, somebody who, Teresa, and she need her ass beat too. No. Yeah, man. This shit was wild. That was. Could this be made? Well, I mean, but I have, it's one of the categories, so I have to do it. Could this be made in 2021? And now when I'm asking that, I'm saying, could this be made as a show or a movie in 2021? With streaming service, how many episodes would it be going would be going on? Like what what are we talking about here? Red. I don't like dramatic series, so I would not <laughs> take a show. <laughs> I would say a movie still, but yes, it definitely even as a show, it could be made. Um currently because it is a story that it's like a timeless story this is gonna always well hopefully not always hopefully it'll be will be more accepting and people won't feel like won't have to go through this but it's a story that will carry um 10 years from now i feel like it's a movie that could be made and be relevant mm-hmm. um but i yeah drama series <laughs> rain yeah, uh, we already have this in a series. It's called David Makes Man, and it's the exact same story, just yeah. like slight. Very, yeah, like that's a that's a like. There's very much a lot of little in the main character. There's a lot of Kevin and his like close friend, but you add in a lot more queer shit. You got trans women, like it's really good, um, and it actually is executive produced by. None other than Terrell Alvin McCraney. So that's oh. why it feels like it's it, like it's a part of this world. If Travante walked through one of them scenes, Man. you wouldn't think twice because it feels just like Moonlight. Hmm. But to your uh, comment earlier, Red, I think it would do better as a series for all the reasons you mentioned about it feeling like it's two different stories where it's that traumatic hell you living in plus this queer coming of age story and i think that with a series you give enough time to make this a love letter to miami as well as a fully fleshed out um kind of coming of age love 
friends to enemies to lovers story. And you can get more instances with Chiron and Kevin. I think that's what we miss. Like we had the beach moment, yeah, and the little shit at school and then the violence. But I feel like as a series, I don't know, eight, 13 episodes would take your pick. That David Makes Man does what, because even the mother drug element is there, but not to spoil too much in David Makes Man, it's like after treatment. Like it's it's her, it's, yeah. So I say, fuck everything I said, David Makes Man is the perfect follow-up in the universe story. It's Moonlight. David Makes Man is Moonlight. I would say, honestly, check it out. If you can get past the first episode or two, sure. If you can't, then it's not for you. But I think this is very much Moonlight. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's two seasons. So. I uh, I I actually said it would work as a show. I said, put it on HBO Max. I want a six-episode show to show what happens after they spend the night together. I want to know how they're going to maneuver as Kevin and Black now. Because they've reconnected. Exactly. I mean, there's th- there's things that they're both gonna have to deal with as an as adults. Like you no longer have the the disguise of school or any of this other stuff anymore. Like, mm-hmm. how does this? Because clearly, and I think we've all said this. Black loves him. He loves mm-hmm. this nigga. And. And for all intents, of, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Kevin feels the same way. Is it fucked up how he did it? Yes. Do he love that nigga? Yes. They they love each other. I need well, to, I need six episodes to tell me how they maneuver through society with what they both do now, with black trapping and mm-hmm. and uh, Kevin being his cook, and they got to they got to they got to maneuver through all of this and on top of him and on top of Kevin being a baby daddy like he got we got to I want to see how this works and do they end up making it work hmm. so Black would have to be an Omar type nigga to make that work in the trap world <laughs> and then nobody fuck with Omar they knew better well I mean they killed his little boyfriend but you know oh <laughs> I mean they but, did yeah. <laughs> But well, I would you know. I would like to see that just six episodes just to tell me what happens after what the 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 night after what happens after after the, after mm-hmm. they spend the night with each other. Got to see how yeah. that works out. Also, if it's on Max, I want full frontal nudity. I want to see them niggas fucking. <laughs> like at this point, no, nah, nigga, we are gonna make this a series. Let's see some skins. I need to see some ass, ass shaking. <laughs> Shit, I, I ain't gonna fucking hold you up, nigga. I'm I'm with it. Everything you said, but like. <laughs> Throw me a ball, nigga. Give me some nudity. What the fuck? He said, throw me a Show ball. Show from the front. Like, what's happening on the front side? God damn it. At the beach. No. But, yeah. No, I'm with he you, said, though. throw I, me I, a ball. Throw saying, me a ball. Ain't no way. Trevante, what? We got, that nigga got, they made us watch him with Sandra's bland ass. <laughs> Let me see him with this melanated nigga. And that's another thing I like about this show is that even though this nigga is past the paper bag test, there's still two visibly black niggas who are gay and together. How, whatever that together looks like for them, there's still two black. This ain't no black and white nigga. This ain't no racially ambiguous. Light skinned as Kevin is, that's a Negro. That's that 4C hair right there. So I I I appreciated that above all critiques because mm-hmm. you don't I'm sick and tired of seeing black niggas with white niggas I don't want, bitch I don't want to see that 
Like, cool, it happens. It's real. I'm all for love is love. But, nigga, if every instance of queer shit got a nigga dark as fucking night with this pale, unattractive, (laughs) no body, no definition, nowhere, looking at, like, nigga, miss me with that shit. Because I know he's called you a nigga in the bedroom. But (laughs) not the hard ER. ER. That shit frustrates me to no end. It's not fucking necessary. And and don't think you finna put that loophole shit in there where, oh, he's Hispanic, but that nigga is like fucking pale as all get out. Like, come on, when he grow his hair out, what it look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, if from the back, I'm gonna call him Joey and not Juan, then no. That's not the right type of (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hate it, fam. I hate it. Like, if I'm I'm, understanding my shit, I fucking hate it. This shit is frustrating as hell. Because, like, what the fuck? Niggas like niggas too. Like, what the fuck? Right. Ah. Right. I'm telling you, man. It, it's hard. like, I'm telling y'all, this shit is, I'm going to stop, but this shit is <laughs> annoying. Next category. <laughs> yes. Change two actors to make the movie better. It's where you can take two characters and change the actors or actresses who played a specific world role that you feel like would make the movie better. I will start this off by saying the cast is perfect. I wouldn't change not one thing, not one person. I, I had no gripes with anybody on this movie, all the way from the kid actors to the adult actors. I, 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 I literally could not see anybody else playing the roles that 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 these people played. Um, I think this was this this was cast perfectly. I, I didn't see I didn't see anything wrong with it. So, Rain. Yes, I would make Leonardo DiCaprio okay. <laughs> no, JK. So um, he call so you a nigger? <laughs> With a hard ER. Did you get, a, did you, did yeah. you get enough of that in Django? Oh, man, I need more. I need more of that sweet, sweet race play. No, um, no, I would I would change two characters, but but not. So I do think this is perfect casting. The only thing that bothered me was Kevin because I feel like which one because Chiron was cast so perfectly in every stage I didn't like and this is a me thing aesthetically I just hate I think the little little Kevin was perfect but I think high school and adult Kevin were like nigga y'all cousins y'all don't even fucking look alike so I feel like if you keep um Jerome, what is it? Jamal, what's his name? Jamal Jerome. Jerome. Which one for the adult or? Uh, no, no. Um, high school high Kevin. School. Yeah, uh, Jerome. Jerome. Jer- yeah, Jerome. Jerome. Keep him, but I would have replaced adult Kevin with Brandon P. Bell from um Dear White People, and I think oh, they look yeah. more similar. And I honestly think he would have been able to, um to carry those scenes. Now, the only thing that stops me is that I don't want to fall into the trap of, and this may be news to you guys, but uh, when it comes to gay shit, everybody's 6'5", hard-bodied, attractive, but if you're a little bit fat, a little bit short, a little bit ugly, like you're not included in the conversation. Not to say that adult um, Kevin was those things, but looking at him, that actor next to Trevante Rose, there's a clear difference in what we're looking at and i feel like him being this short nigga go ahead uh i'm gonna just say this i get where you're coming from i know brandon p bell i've seen i've seen dear white people 
I like where you're coming from with this, and I feel like mm-hmm. he could have carried it too. But on the flip side of that, I think Kevin, as an adult, since he went to jail, was supposed to look a little, little haggard. No, that's what I'm saying. Like he has a different look that I feel like he looks like a real person. Uh, and again, I'm saying this, and I feel like I'm sliding him, and it's not the intention. But I feel like if you have fucking Brandon next to Travante, these niggas look like the same action figure in different colors. Uh-huh. But if you have um, a current Kevin next to Travante, they do not look the same. They have a slightly different body type, though it is still Andre in the Holland standard. Is current Kevin. Huh? His name, Andre Holland is the dope kid. Yeah, Andre, yeah. He and and he's an attractive guy. And I even like that they had that neck all rough. I was like, nigga, shave. What the fuck? You dealing with food. They don't make you, but whatever. Um I like that, but I was like, oh, because of the way <laughs> that aesthetically the Kevins did not match in the same way that the black Chiron and Little did, I would have just swapped him out um uh, for Brandon based solely off of the Brandon and Jarrell looking more similar, okay. and I know Brandon is a good actor, but I am happy with the cast we got. I, that would have been my only... I would have loved to see them read against each other mm. and, and see what goes from there. Okay. Red, did you have anybody you wanted to change? I wouldn't have changed it. I like who everybody was, and I always like seeing unknown yeah. Yeah. shine Me and too. get to show what they can do. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't change any. Yeah. They didn't have the budget to get nobody huge anyway. So like I said, this mm-hmm. was an independent. But see, Janelle Monet is used to doing indie type stuff too. So I think she was I think she was kind of cool with whatever she did. I and Mahershala wasn't no big time, not yet, not as big as he is now. Like he was on his way up when this was coming out. So I think oh, at, I'm, I'm saying I know that has to be a good feeling to know you as the director, like, captured these niggas, like, mm-hmm. and to see them on the rise, like, motherfuckers can look back and see <clears throat> the two little boys. I, I hope they get big, but, like, to know y'all came from Moonlight? Huh. Mm-hmm. That, that's, man. yeah. That's the thing about Hollywood, man. Like, you coming from specific movies and stuff like that, you can get work a, lo- a lot easier when you're from a, a an Oscar-winning movie, so. You're mediocre white. <laughs> Next category. Do you think they stayed together after this movie? I ain't got to explain this category. You know what it is. Do you think this couple was together in your mind past the end of the movie? Red. I think that they would have made, like, because one, because Black was so infatuated with him. Hmm. I think that even with him having his kid and even if it was some bullshit, he would have put up with a level of bullshit before he would finally end it. Like, I feel like he would have to be disappointed as an adult mm-hmm. in order for him to let it go. So I think that they would have stayed together for a while. Would they have made it long term? Hell no. <laughs> I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it for them. But I think they would have stayed together for a while. I think they would have stayed together long enough for Black to get some closure and for him to figure out Kevin wants shit. Mm. and and feel like he was walking away instead of it being taken away like mm. he would he would get a chance to walk away from it yeah uh, instead of it being something that felt like unfinished but mm. would they have stayed together long term it was too many things <laughs> standing in the way of that mm. uh, I don't think so right hmm 
Um, I'm of two minds, yes and no, for everything that Ray just said. But then I know how, to be quite honest, stupid I've been in the past. Like, and even within putting up with certain stuff, when you get into certain rhythms with people, it sometimes takes a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, to separate that and i think the distance would have made them go the distance because i'm in atlanta and you're in florida and you have this child like there's a whole culture of dl men now that um converse that discussion or that role has um has altered over the years so it's not the same as it was when it was coined back in the 80s or 90s or whatever but i think that there it, it would have gone the distance um, especially because this nigga, I'm assuming, has been celibate for 10 fucking years. It's like, nigga, what? And you in Atlanta? You not fucking nothing? Oh, nigga, I fucked the day I moved to Atlanta. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but that being said, <laughs> that being said, I think they would have gone the distance. Because it's like. That nigga who drove all the way to Florida mm-hmm. on a wing He, You don't think he would have moved? Florida. No, because your operation, but your but you ain't <laughs> built up there. <clears throat> no, I, no, I'm saying now it's possible, but I feel like you the distance. They just move. They look. Hey, <laughs> look, but but see, I think that that breeds more um, content for like a, a second season. Where now, yeah, we're here, we're figuring shit out. But like, I've turned to the wire. I didn't move my operation from Georgia to Florida. I got to deal with these local niggas. I got to be the top man, but then, nigga, you got to go to your parole hearing. You can't be around no drug dealer. Like, mm-hmm. it's, so I, I think they would have went the distance just because of all the fucking moving parts. And it's not a traditional, or not traditional, it's not a heterosexual relationship where it's like, fuck you, nigga. I could take my baby and, you know, be on my own or be with this other nigga. Like, this is very much, you're in a space that's already um, shrouded in secrecy, and that's a norm. And that's okay. That's accepted. So I do think they would have, unfortunately, in one hand, went the extra mile, you know, long enough for Lil Kevin to maybe go off to college. But Lil Kevin was going to come to his daddy, man to man, and say, hey, I'm a senior. I know you fucking this nigga. Be happy. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. about to get a job in Silicon Valley. Fuck him if you want. Like, I feel like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said no. I say no. I feel like Kevin. One thing about Sharon and I, one thing that was a a, a a a beat in this movie that was consistent is that Sharon kept getting manipulated in different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know he loves Kevin. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the way Kevin just calls out of 10 years and kind of just says, you know, uh, this song reminded me of you. Like, nigga, you whooped my ass in 10 years ago mm-hmm. on some trying to keep a secret type shit. And now you want to call me to talk about a song that you fucking... Nigga, fuck you, first of he all. strong, man. And so even though they spent that night together, I don't think Kevin would be strong. You just said it. I don't think he would be strong enough to maintain whatever type of, even if they had, even 
knowing that neither one of them really have come out about who they are and what they, you know, them being gay. Mm-hmm. Kevin just don't seem like a strong enough type nigga to continue the relationship past what happened that night. See, I just don't I feel it. I think he had, he reminisced, he heard that song, reminisced, wanted to see Sharon, and he seen him, and they had their night together, and I just felt like he would have just been like, I, I ain't really with this. I got a son, I got a kid to raise. I got to do all these other things. I just don't feel like Kevin was, would be strong enough to maintain a relationship past that night. That's just for me. That's how I look mm. at it. You don't think he would have manipulated that nigga? I was saying Sharon wasn't strong enough. That nigga's still 15, 10 years later. Like, But that's, the, I, I feel like, it's a whole lot of never happened. It's a whole lot of, they never got a chance to do this, never got a chance. And I feel like once those things occur, I don't know. Like, I feel like the appeal of it will wear off. I think it would be Sharon that will walk away. I mean, mm. Like, Black, I feel like Black would finally, because I feel like that's what happened. Like, in the in the fucked up positions that I have been in, like, eventually, I'll just be like, this nigga ain't shit. Like, I don't know. What the fuck? Is, what am I doing? Yo. <laughs> doing like, at some point, with yeah. some people, it take, it's taking me longer to get to that point. Now, yeah. it's, like, two days later. But, like, young me. <laughs> yeah. Young me, it may take a little bit longer. But eventually, I always got to the point where this nigga's not shit. Like, I just mm-hmm. really have wasted so much time. Let me move so long. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would get there. I think it's more like, it's kind of like you romanticize what you didn't get to have. Yep. And so for both of them, I think they're romanticizing this thing that never really occurred. Like, all that tension that you mentioned in that last scene, I feel like it's just them getting to the peak of this thing that, that they've mm. been climbing this mountain for all of this time and they cut finally getting to the peak to the top of that. Mm. But it's nothing but a downward, downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to accept that Chiron would walk away. I just think it would take a long time. I think it would take a while. And then again, maybe not because Kevin ain't shit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, really, like I said, I feel like sometimes when you when things don't work out, you romanticize it, and then like mm-hmm. when reality set in, you be like, "Oh shit, I don't know what the fuck I was like, I ain't growing down here in Miami." <laughs> Hello, gas money and all. He nigga off me. He man. trapping. He, he got plenty. He got he a, he a dope boy. He ain't gonna worry about it. No he got matter. gas. He got gas. Nigga, ten years later, it's a waste of my money and my time. Mm-hmm. Little ass apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad at him. I'm mad at Kevin, fam. Stroking this nigga head. You know, you need to. <laughs> Final category. Yes. I'm not doing this with you tonight. Final Crazy. category. Red. Who won the movie? <laughs> tough one, ain't it? It is a tough one. <laughs> it's okay uh, if you don't have a winner. You don't have I to don't have, have this. You don't have to have a winner. I don't have. A winner. Is there a particular reason why? Um. Hey. It was just so many um losers. <laughs> not so many losers. Yo. <laughs> Well, so I I took that category as like who was the best out of all of the people in the movie or like the actors or like not necessarily like you mean like the winner character the, of the, the movie? This is the category where you pick one if it's an actor, a character, or whatever you want to win, win the movie. 
but still that doesn't help. <laughs> no. Then you ain't gotta if like you don't have if you don't have a if you don't have a winner, you don't it's cool, it's fine. I feel like the actors all did a very good job. Like we talked about like the people that like were the standouts, but I feel like everybody really, really brought they they A game to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're talking about characters and like the plot, I mean that shit. You know. <laughs> um because again, I was very disappointed in in what black became. Like mm. the drug dealer shit, that dope boy shit, really. Like again, when I saw that chain and them teeth, I was like, mm-hmm. "That damn nigga." Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one. Okay. I think it's just too hard with all the pieces. Rain, Kevin. How did I know you were gonna say that? <laughs> this nigga I won. I'm sorry. I I'm knew sorry. It. Kevin I won. Knew this nigga I won. All right. Let's take it back. First of all, he had a, we're to infer, a generally normal childhood. He was able to skate by, be a little boy, be a teenager, be an adult. He ran into some trouble, went to jail, got a trade, came out, and was working consistently. He even said, I ain't making a lot, but my life is great. You know, I got my son, whatever. You also... In that little-ass apartment. Hey, that closet. He is a cook. closet with a kitchen. He a cook, nigga. <laughs> hey, he said he making shoe money, but you know what I'm saying? Jordans or them, you know, Uggs. I don't he, know. Well, he, um, he ain't buying Yeezys, I can tell you that much. He don't need to. They ain't Yeezy. He ain't making Yeezy money. He ain't got to, because that's the other part. You connected with this nigga who you fucked over. So you were able to grow up, get thrown into this situation, throw this nigga under the bus who you had a genuine connection with. I'm going to assume that Kevin didn't do this with a whole bunch of other boys. It was like, you fucking all these girls having a good time, but this was your one special, whatever you sent this nigga away with your actions. You grow up relatively normal. You run into some trouble, go to jail, pick up a trade, come out. You got a baby. You don't have to be with this woman. I don't know if he wanted to or not. You could be with somebody else. You're able to call up this thing. You lived your life, let's say, for nine years and then decided, oh, let me reach out to this nigga. You talk to Teresa. You get back in touch with him. And you get to pick, get that old thing back. You get to pick up as a 15-year-old boy, relive your youth again for however long, be it this one night or whatever. But you won. You you went through your life unscathed. The jail shit you had going on, I guess it was like maybe drugs i don't it was just something 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 minor enough to get you in to pick up a trade to get out Mm -hmm. and still be good he only had like what 18 months left on probation like this nigga is good he's the most good in the whole movie and if him and sharon stay together you also get that financial support not to say he would be using him but ain't nobody who's selling drugs gonna be fucking with somebody and then they they out here looking like shit you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like your kid taking care of, oh, that motherfucker needs some new shoes? Oh, cool. You need a new apron? There you go. Your baby mama needs, I don't know, new lace? Got it. Because this the nigga that's so up, infatuated with you from childhood because his hold you got on him. Sharon would do anything for this nigga. So he won. This nigga won the fucking movie. His mama's in, um, Sharon mama's is in this little drug shit. So cool. But, like, you don't reap those benefits mm-hmm. like Kevin would. Kevin won this movie, man. I'm sorry. He won. I mean, he got all the benefits. <laughs> I cannot all... argue with usually when you make I mean, that. out of all the characters, I guess so. Oh, yeah. Life in general, this oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, none of this. No, this is not. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All them niggas losing life in general. <laughs> yes, right. indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
my answer is probably going to be the most. I, who cares? We did. We, <laughs> we won. won. We don't get we don't get movies that talk about these types of topics. Or we just now started getting these types of movies. Um I think that the way this was portrayed, I think the way that it was shot, I think the way that they put things in perspective on this movie was amazing. I think the story that was told even with the different type of adversity and all the different stuff that happened, it was a story that that needed to be told. I know a lot of people might not feel that same way, but I feel like it, it should have been told. Um, this movie went through a, a couple of different struggles as far as like, not even, they didn't even want to, they didn't even want to give this movie the best picture Oscar. They literally said, let's get this white casted movie an Oscar on some fake shit. They literally sat up there and tried to keep this movie from winning what they, what it deserved. Um, and that's fucked up. People are lying. People consistently lying on what the budget of this movie was. Not because, you know what I'm saying? They went that route because they wanted to, sh- the studio wanted to show, hey, no, we 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 were behind this film. We wanted hmm. this film to flourish. We, no, we, we no, love this kind of stuff. And, you know, Barry Jenkins, for, for all intents and purposes, if you've ever seen him in an interview and speak, very classy guy. It's not very messy when it comes to this kind of stuff, but he's most definitely going to point out that hey, y'all didn't we didn't I didn't have four million dollars to make this movie. Mm-hmm. We had to put together a budget and I had to have this white man come in here to get uh, me a little bit more. Yeah. Hey. You know what it's I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um for it was a struggle for them to be able to get this story out. It was a struggle for them to get the awards that they they deserved. It was just a, a lot of struggle that came behind what they wanted to tell in this movie. Um, I don't think it really, I think it didn't really hit a stride until post Oscars, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because it won the best picture. I'm yeah. so glad that we're able as black creatives to be able to put these types of stories out and be able to tell what we need to tell on a big screen. Um, it's, the stuff that happens on these types of movies is a lot bigger than what we think it is because we look at look at I mean if you would have told me that we had a movie like this come out <laughs> you know what I'm saying if you would have told me that in like 2010 or something like that or 20, 2005 I'd be like you're you're fucking stupid yeah. but you know what I'm saying for them to yeah. be able for Barry Jenkins to be able to get the screenplay out here to get the movie made on a shoestring budget this movie had I think uh, the only uh, this movie had a uh, made the budget was smaller than Rocky. I don't know if y'all know the story of Rocky, Sylvester Stallone's Rocky movie, but that was like that was an independent film when it won the Oscar for Best Picture. Oh wow, I didn't know that. And it had a bigger budget than this movie. You get what I'm saying? This is probably the the I think the smallest budget uh, indie film that ever win on on Best Picture Oscar. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. It opened up a lot of different doors and a lot of different situations for a lot of people. So I really feel like us as a people, we won by by this story and this movie coming out on so many different levels. So, oh, for sure, I um, agree. I agree. I do want to mention also because you talked about the budget and how like the people would have been paid more if it was four million. But also, I want to say by lying about the budget, you're cutting the actual profit because. 
a, that's a three million dollar or a two and a half million dollar profit that they made for being one point five million to make the movie mm-hmm. and then get twenty seven whatever versus if it was four million. Like you, you're you're undercutting the actual profits by saying, "Oh, we we spent four million. No, nigga, like, but yeah. So I'm just happy that we're able to make these types of movies. I hope that you know more, you know directors especially black directors and screenwriters we need every people get more opportunities from where they're from and get more more opportunities to be able to tell their stories so i feel like we just won we did as people viewers all that stuff so that's where i'm going with mine ladies and gentlemen that was it we just this is season of black love but damn (laughs) i don't know if we Hey. I don't, I don't know. If we found the right love stories in that rain. Who knows? I mean, uh, shit, hell, you know, love is ever changing. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a river. He's rolling, no. rolling. No, stop. <laughs> Red, tell people if they want to get in touch with you. Tell, tell people where they can find you. You say me? Yes, Red. <laughs> Yo. Well. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. I don't really tweet. Really, the only way you can find me is on Instagram these days at red underscore calamity. Um, I, I don't know about conversation partners. We were coming back, but it's been post pound. So yeah. you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> Rain. What's up? All right, y'all. Uh, I'm so yeah, done you with your brain. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm passing that paper bag test, nigga. So what's up, y'all, man? You can find me out on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Rain Coleman, hit the uh, hit the at. And uh, I take uh, booty pics, so send them to my inbox. If you take You're them. You're going to so regret that. I, I send me them jiggly booties. No. Uh, <laughs> Rain Coleman and uh, shit, IG the same. I'll be out here podcasting, happy to be on this show, you know what I'm saying? And man, just uh just just check us out. Stay here for this season and all that. Enjoy black love. Okay, guys. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at we watch this. Uh we tweet on a regular basis. We got some other stuff that's gonna happen this season as well. So just kind of keep keep tabs with that. If you want to follow and my ass will be back. I'm coming back because these niggas can't keep me on. <laughs> anyway (laughs) if you would like to get in touch with me you can always hit me up on twitter at cole jackson one two i'm also on instagram at cole jackson underscore bynk we appreciate everybody getting on the uh listening to the podcast and support make sure you share with your friends man let them know there's a black movie podcast out here that's uh talking that real thank you guys for joining us uh we will catch you next week take care 